Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we go over a little bit, a little bit about yesterday's slate, maybe. We got some stuff on Results DB updated. Uh, talk a little bit about today's big, uh, we got a 15-game slate. And uh, I don't think we got any weather problems today, but uh, we could we could take a look-see, take a look-see at today's slate. And uh, as always, answer your strategy questions, DFS-related. It doesn't even have to be baseball, but whatever. Whatever you want to talk about in the YouTube chat, I see you guys in there. Doug Montgomery, Daniel Hutchings, Brandon McNeil, Woo Woo J Train, Card Fan, Apocalypse, A1 Beast Mode by Michael Dompier, Red Psych Sports, Real Life, Real Life Pitcher. Just that's it. Just Real Life Pitcher. Okay. Jerome Lewis, DFS Degenerate. Welcome. Good morning. Hit that thumbs up button. Give me those thummy thumbs. Thummy thumbs in the morning. I, I, I don't get apple juice. I still got, I got Gatorade. I've been rehydrating. I was sick over the weekend. So drinking, drinking the, the, with the electrolytes. It's all about the electrolytes, right? This is supposed to be good for you, right? Okay, I, don't, I have no idea. So I got some Gatorade. Keep it cold throughout the show. Hit those thumbs up buttons. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday slight. Apparently Kyle Schwarber just hits a home run every day. Appar- apparently it doesn't matter his ownership. It doesn't matter. Kyle Schwarber just keeps on going, right? I brought up the the, the medium eights, the eighty-eight dollar thirty entry max contest because we don't have, uh, we we don't have updated for. I mean, we don't even have this is running live. I mean, the Dodger scores are barely even in, so so that's all I'm looking at uh, right now. Let's see. Let's see, maybe maybe within the past two minutes, no, no nothing. Okay. So looking at this, even in that contest. Remember, it was a nine-game slate yesterday, so it's not like it's that small. Kyle Schwarber, like 20% owned, right? Two home runs. Who cares, right? Who cares how owned he is? Who who cares, right? Uh, And then pitching yesterday was just uh, pretty much if you play Peralta and Bauer, if you play the two most expensive pitchers, you you pretty much did fine. You were able to find points everywhere else, right? There were like 700 home runs on, on yesterday's slate, and none of the pitchers did well, right? And no one did well. Right, if we take a look at just the pitching scores, and obviously removing Bauer because Bauer scored like twenty four, right? But look at all these. Uh, look at look at everything else. Espino actually did the, the the best out of out of point per dollar wise, and most people played Met stacks against him. But Eli Morgan, I guess okay, eleven. But everything else is like if you played, if you played Zach Greinke, he really did, he didn't get there, right? Wade LeBlanc, he pitched four innings, eight points. I guess for 5,300, eight points isn't bad, right? Like no one did well. So pretty much the two chalk pitchers, 73% Peralta, 46% Bauer. You can see across the board here. I mean, most of the sharper players that played 30 entries into the $88 contest pretty much did that, right? Mr. Goodseats, just 100%, right? Broflex, pretty much a hub row. What else? The second most popular pitcher outside of this combination was Eli Morgan, making his what second major league start. So how much were you going to trust that? I actually played Tigers against him because why not? Why if Eli Morgan is going to be popular as an SP two? Who said it? Oh, he's nine strikeouts last game. Well, that's one game. What do we know after one game? He's not. He doesn't seem that bad. But if we go to the the bats. We could see here that the that in the eighty-eight dollar contest, uh, most owned was Otani, who hit a home run, and uh, Emmanuel Rivera, who was batting six for the Royals at third base for two K. He was kind of the punt play. Bedu, I think, was only three K on DraftKings. He was leading off for the Tigers, uh, but the Astros were chalky against Eshelman, and they did, the Astros didn't really get there. Right, Alvarez, Tucker, Brantley. The Mets were popular, right? McNeil. You had the 2K catcher, Mazeka. Right, he didn't get there. Then you had the, the Royals-ish. Right, you had the Royals because you had, you had Rivera. You had Perez. Soler, 12, 12% owned, I guess. The Red, so- the Red Sox were chalky, right? Bogarts, 
Kiki Hernandez. Where's JD? JD's somewhere around here. Renfro. Renfro was 10% owned. He was he had two home runs. It's kind of hard to win with playing contrarian where where the the 30% owned guy gets a home run, the 20% owned guy gets a double dong, and the 10% owned guy gets a double dong also. And oh, and the 15% owned second baseman gets a home run. It's kind of hard to win playing contrarian when when that happens, right? It was it was a bad day for me. I play yesterday. I play. I played a lot of Royals. The Royals were fine, but I didn't play enough of the Indians. And uh, I, I was way low on the on the Red Sox. Although the Red Sox stack, stack really didn't get there, right? You needed basically Kiki Hernandez uh, and and Dalback. He had a home run in Renfro. So I don't think the five man of the Red Sox really got there. The Indians got there. Right, if we take a look at the Indians' ownership in the $88 contest, right? Jose Ramirez. I mean, some, some sharper players were a little bit over. Based on the bad projections, the Indians were over-owned last night. But not in this contest. Like, at 7% ownership at these levels? Eddie Rosario is 5% owned? Yeah, I would have played. Ahmed Rosario, 5% owned? So uh, they weren't over-owned here. I don't know what they were. I don't know what they were in... Uh, in the, in the main GPP, in the bat flip. I mean, I was playing primarily on FanDuel yesterday, so it's, it's a little bit different. Obviously, on FanDuel, you, you're playing one pitcher. You, on FanDuel, you don't have to play like Bauer plus Peralta and then have cheap bats. Okay? So, uh, so it's easier to afford people on FanDuel. But still, on FanDuel, uh, the Schwarber was 22% in GPPs. Otani was 25%. It's not like I ate zero of these guys, but yeah, when uh, when you get home runs out of chalk players, you know, especially the first hour, just like ding dong, ding dong, all over the place. It's like I don't know how I'm going to win today. Don't know how I'm going to win today. A one beast mode says so. If you just roster Schwarber, Vladi, and Otani, you could cash every time. Yes, apparently, apparently that's that's the secret. Right, just play play Schwarber and Otani and, and Vlad Guerrero every day, and you know, you'll be fine. And you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Right, they just hit home runs every day. That's the way it is. Yeah, and then the Shannon Lambert mentions, mentions the Brewers. The Brewers got there late. The Brewers were just nothing, pretty much nothing. Avi Garcia hit a home run early in the game, and then then all of a sudden, like in the seventh or eighth inning, they score like nine runs and hit two more home runs or whatever, and that stack gets there. I pretty much had no Brewers. I had more Hendricks than I had Brewers. Going through the YouTube chat. But we can see with the, the sharper player lineups and the $88. I wish I could just see the bat flip, but we don't have that updated. Like the Yankees, the Yankees didn't get there. The Yankees were a little bit chalky. Like David Fletcher, like why was he 12% owned? I know Angel stacks, but come on. David Fletcher can barely hit the ball out of the infield. Those are the types of guys I don't play much of. Although Emmanuel Rivera, 26% owned. If you played Emmanuel Rivera as a one-off yesterday in GPP, may not have been the best move. I'm assuming a lot of these lineups here that that uh, these guys are playing don't have Emmanuel Rivera. It's a Royal stack. Like, that's fine. You take a look at the, like, like Fire Dogs first lineup. Obviously, this is this is still with PMR left. So who knows, right? Because Bowers, right? Who knows what happened, right? We don't even have all of the Dodgers points in here. And remember, the Dodgers hit Betts, Muncie, Smith. They hit home runs too. You can see here Cleveland stack, right? Cleveland stack with Otani and Schwarber. Like, what else do you need? Hey, you're done. You win. Peralta Morgan. Awesome over here. Cleveland. One, two, three, four, five with Redfro's double dong. Jose, I mean, he's Jose Ramirez is in the stack. McNeil's eight. Sal Perez got zero. Jake Faria, 10 points. I mean, yeah, this probably gets knocked out by a Bauer lineup. Broflex best, line, best lineup. Yeah, Will Smith gets a home run here. You got Parra in the Washington stack. Yeah, I'd wash, I had national stacks yesterday. 
But like most of the stack doesn't do well, right? You need Turner, Schwarber, and Parra. That's it. But if you played Soto, Bell, Harrison, anyone, anyone else, Combs, nah, they didn't do anything really, right? That didn't contribute, especially in a, on a slate where there was like 70 home runs. Catcher was like the only position you really didn't need a home run. What, what, Will Smith hit a home run in what? In uh, Hedges. In Rogers. Okay, Roger. Okay, three catcher home runs. I don't think he needed them. Ian Jays has a Washington stack and three Boston. Right. Okay. This makes sense. You get the double dongs, right? Because this doesn't get there because of the PMR. Whistles. Let's see what Whistles did. Right. You're not going to see the Bauer lineups here. Right, Kansas at Kansas City, Cleveland. But I mean, this, this probably didn't get up there because what you got Santana, you got Merrifield, but what else? You didn't get Michael A. Taylor. You needed him instead. The five man Kansas City stack didn't get there on this type of slate. If there were if there were seven hundred less home runs yesterday, maybe, maybe, maybe it would have been fine. Yeah, frustrating day yesterday, especially with the Schwarber, because they, they, you know, you know that what twenty two percent or whatever, twenty five percent Otani, way under that on a nine game slate. Good luck, go goodbye. Is he on today's slate? What's going on today? Do we have the why we have Washington on today's slate? Who, who who's, who's pitching for Tampa Bay? How how owned how owned? Oh, we have ownership up or something. Uh, we got we got cores. We got the Pirates in Coors Field. But we got Otani against Tyon. We're just going to hit another. How much is Schwarber on DraftKings? Where is he? Yeah, so that doesn't even project that well, right? I mean, against Rich Hill. Okay, lefty, lefty. He'll still do it. Screw it. He'll still, yeah, 1% don't. I don't think so. There's going to be game log watchers there. At 4,800 hitting what? He's been hitting like home runs every day. Right, I mean not every day, but look, look at look at this. Look how stupid this is. Right, starting on the what the thirteenth, even like what on the twelfth. Right, home run, two home runs, home run, and then oh wow, four days without, and then two home runs, three home runs, a day off, one, two, one, two days off, and then two home runs. I mean, look at these point totals. He's not going to be one percent off. People are just going to keep on going back to the well no matter what. That 1%. Get out of here. He ain't going to be 1%. Otani's going to be owned, right? We have Otani here. Right, 24%. 4900 Can they raise this guy's price? Otani should be a 6K player. He should be. I mean, what is he on FanDuel? FanDuel is probably there. Randall is up there, right? Yeah, forty three hundred. Okay, that, that's that's more reasonable for Fanduel. Well, we had Bellinger yesterday at uh, thirty nine hundred, and he didn't do anything. That doesn't mean it doesn't mean oh, it's too cheap. I gotta play him. Doesn't mean anything. Going through the YouTube chat. DFS degenerate blender. When looking at stacks and ownership, what are you looking at? Sub five percent ownership in the top five stacks. I'm just looking for st- I'm just looking for teams that are lower owned than their probability of ceiling. That's it. Obviously, the lower they project overall, the I mean, the less the less likely. So, like a team that has a two percent chance that's going to be owned at 05 percent is still still low. Doesn't mean I'm playing tons of lineups with them, but that would be that would be plus EV. So like just looking at like the stack projections, like for instance, I'm playing on FanDuel today. So let's go by FanDuel stacks. So you can tell here, if I just sort by points, whatever. Like from a point per dollar perspective, like the Padres, the Rays against Joe Ross, as of right now, I mean, we don't have starting lineups or anything. So they're, they're top in point per dollar as well as ceiling, as well as everything. But like the Rockies, Rockies are poor point per dollar, but they have a high ceiling. They may go under owned. As long as you're able to find cheap pitching or cheap uh, one-offs or something. 
You just look, I, I could just look at this. Kansas City is going to be, right, point per dollar wise. Right, you can see here, the point per dollar. That doesn't mean that point per dollar. I don't care about point per dollar. I care about ceiling. But I know like the Mariners against Robbie Ray, a little bit, a little bit good, decent point per dollar. But the ceiling is what? 15 points lower than the Padres. So like these guys down here, like these teams down here in the red, like Arizona against Carlos Martinez. You would think that, oh, I got to attack Carlos Martinez. That guy sucks. It's like, well, according to the bat, the, the Diamondbacks suck also. So maybe the Diamondbacks do do well, and maybe they get six runs, but is that going to be enough? Point per dollar-wise, they don't rate out or anything. But if I see that the Diamondbacks are only going to be like nothing owned, then maybe you play Maybe you play some. Maybe you play some. But if you see the Diamondbacks are going to be 7% owned as a stack, you'd be like, that's that's an easy to get out of here. Just based, based on the back projections. You have a projection model that shows differently, then okay, well, Based it on that. Like people are going to play the Pirates against Marquez. Right? But we can see here, even with the ceiling, seems like the Padres. The Padres, uh, are they in Cincinnati? Are they, where's the weather report? They in, yeah, they're in Cincinnati. As of right now, they have the highest ceiling. Higher than the Rockies against Chase DeYoung. Higher than the Rays against Joe Roth. The Rays, they, they have to be playing in Washington, right? Yeah, they're playing in Washington. Joe Rust had, had a good outing last last week. Are people really going to attack him? I mean, normally we would. But he hasn't been that bad of a pitcher. But that's what I'm looking for. Like, I'm the, but we could see the ownership right here. I mean, I could, let's see if we have the, I could just bring it up over here. Just the, the bare basics, just, we probably don't. The stack ownership. Let's see. Is that oh that that may be available? Let's see. Right here you go. Like I don't care about the smash percentages. This is all based on the, the plate IQ projections. I just want the average ownership. So as of right now, our projected ownership on Roto Grinders has the Padres as the highest owned as the highest owned, 13%. The Rockies at 8% or so. Cleveland 8%. Like so I'm looking at these. The average ownership in general. So look at the Tampa Bay Rays, right? We said before, if we look on the, the bat page, one of the highest ceilings and one of the best point per dollars on the slate, according to the bat, as of right now. But we take a look at the ownership on FanDuel. Like these are the stack projections for FanDuel because it has to do with the salaries on FanDuel. But we take a look at the ownership, like way low for the having the third highest ceiling, the second highest point per dollar value being only about 4% average owned seems under owned to me, right? So I'd be looking to play more raise stacks. And we take a look at the Indians, like the Indians, third highest owned. And we take a look at here, look here, and we go Indians. I mean, they're not, they don't project poorly. But of all the teams on the slate, they're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth. Tenth in projection, projected ceiling. And third in ownership right now. Maybe that's a you don't you don't play as much of the Indians. The Red Sox against Keller. Also similarly owned. They're a little bit higher than the Indians, at least. So maybe maybe the Red Sox are about efficiently owned. The Yankees, the Blue Jays, what do they look like? Yankees, they're up there. Blue Jays are a little bit down. Okay, so maybe the Blue Jays are a little under-owned today. As of these projections. These are only initial ownership projections. And, and with that starting lineups, we don't even know. Projected starting lineups. That's, what, that, that's all I'm looking at. The Padres, are they going to be over-owned today for their ceiling? 13 versus 9 over here. Eh, maybe a little. It depends. We'll have to see. But that's it. What's so complicated? Very simple thinking. Doesn't mean that, oh, okay, the Indians are going to be overowned, so I can't play, I have to X out the Indians. No. It just means if you play lineups with Indians in them, you need to get more leverage in those lineups because 
for the projection versus ownership, they're, they're, they're negative EV, those individual pieces, that stack. So an Indians lineup would have to be more contrarian than a Rays lineup, for instance. Rays already in your projections in the bat project well and are under-owned, which means in Rays lineups, you could play. You could play Chalk Otani if you want, probably. Indians lineups, probably not. So that's all it tells you. It tells you how to build your lineups. It'll tell you play them or don't play them. But if, you, if I'm playing 150 lineups, I'll probably have less of the Indians. So I can make less plus EV lineups if they're over-owned. I can make much more raise lineups. There are many more plus EV raise lineups than there are Indians lineups based on, based on the projections. Let's see. John Carr asks, Splendor, sorry if you talked about this before. I've talked about everything before. So any question you ask, I've answered. Is there a way to lock a certain player into team stacks? You're making 150 lineups and 20 are Houston stacks. Can you lock Altuve into just those? Well, you could use obviously use the only in stacks button in uh, lineup HQ, right? So if you don't want them ever as a one-off, like that that Altuve example, you got a Houston. Houston's not. We have Houston on today's slate, right? Right, Altuve. You click only in stacks. You want to make sure that he's in every Houston stack. First off, the question would be why? Why do you want him in all 20? Is it necessary in all 20? Can you make better lineups with him not in them? The different second baseman. So I don't think in ter- I don't think in terms of that. I think in terms of full lineups. So that's the, that's the first thing that's the first thing that I would say. Like why? What happens if he's an 18 out of your 20 stuff? Okay. Those are two, the other two lineups could be gonna be better, actually. But you could if you only want like only in stacks and you want to make sure that they're in every stack, you could, all you have to do is create a group. So all these players that are here in a group, like let's say you're making it's FanDuel. So you're making four man stacks, right? So you go here, you add all of the other Brantley. You add all of the the other the other Astros. So Alvarez, Gurriel. I don't know what their projected lineup is, but I'll just I'll just pretend. Is Robo Garcia going to be in? They have Toro in. I don't know. Who is going to be in? Is Maldonado going to be in? Okay. Who else is on their team? Tucker. One, two, three, four, five, six. Who else? Who else are we missing? Straw, right? I believe. I believe that's it. Correa. Ah, missing Correa. Okay. So you put them all in. This is if you wanted to do it. I'm not. I don't even do this. But if you wanted to, there's always a logic to do so. So put the user, the conditional player, as Altuve. Altuve. Because you've already clicked only in stacks, so he's never going to show up as a one-off. Right, so you know, if Jose Altuve is in the lineup, you need to make sure that at least on fan, this is Fanduel, uh, exactly three players. Right, let's say you're doing three and four man, so you do two, two to three. Right, so if it's a three man stack, Altuve plus two Astros, Altuve plus three Astros. If this was DraftKings, you'd up that up to you know three or four, right, for five man stacks. This makes sure that Altuve is only in stacks because you click the button and that when he is in a lineup, he's in all, he's in all of your stacks. And you could also do the reverse. In lineups that don't contain Jose Altuve have zero, right? You could, you could actually do it the reverse way or one, if you want that, these guys as one-offs, these guys are fine as one-offs. So in lineups that don't have old Jose Altuve, we can't even have Astro stacks at all. And then you set your stacks to whatever. If you want, do I want 20% of whatever? So when it starts making the stacks, it automatically has Altuve. The usefulness of this 
is is it necessary? You're playing lineups, not players. If they're the best point per dollar projected player in the stat, most likely they're gonna they're gonna be in most most everything anyway, right? So like if I were to build like this is FanDuel, okay? So let's say I were to build twenty lineups, twenty lineups, and I just lo- I just locked them in, right? So I just only in stacks and locked them, right? And if I run these lineups, like 20 lineups like this, obviously I get them at 100%. Well, I didn't set the, I didn't stack the construction, so whatever. You got three man mostly, Alvarez, Tucker, Altuve. Like you're most likely going to get them anyway. Like let's say we don't lock them. Let's say we go to stacks. Let's say we're building four fours, right? Four fours on FanDuel. 100. And then we want... All of the the Astros, all of the Astros, not as a secondary stack, but whatever. We built 12, uh, 20 lineups. I'm assuming you get Altuve in pretty much all of them, right? Yeah, you already get him, and you literally get him in all of them. I don't know. I don't know how much of an issue it's going to be, even even if you do do. But understand, since you're if you're playing teams and not players, wouldn't it be the worst thing in the world to you're playing 20 Astro stacks and Altuve has three points while everyone else goes off? You're sitting there, oh, I got the Astros right, but too bad I have Jose Altuve in all my lineups. Just build good lineups. Let's turn these things off. But even if you were going to play all Altuve, I don't think it's even going to matter. He's one of the best point-per-dollar plays on the Astros, so he's going to come up. Well, not really. Well, but I mean, he's fits second base, and second base is a weak position today. Michael Dampier, strategy-ish question-ish. Is it harder to win first place with five-man stacks in large field when pitching sucks and multiple offenses go off? I'm thinking that in case of a lot of Dean stacks, three, two, one, one, one. No. It's easier to win first place. All you need is the highest scoring offense and three good one-offs. And it's easier to do that by playing teams than trying to pick the individual hitters. Obviously, the more the more double dogs there are, the more stacks that would be viable for first place. We saw yesterday on the bat flip on DK, the winner had eight one-offs. Good luck doing that. If you if you simulate the contest out a hundred thousand times, that's that's that that lineup loses money. That's a negative ROI lineup. But you're more than welcome to build them. I'm more than welcome to have you build those lineups. Go ahead. Just makes it easier for me. But it, and, and it, but it won yesterday. So have you ever seen people bet horribly in poker and get there? Oh, they called me with two outs and they hit one of the outs. Yeah, they had a they had a they had a four percent chance of getting there. They got there. Not like it can't happen. Uh, Real life pitcher. Is he really a real life pitcher? Why can't you just use your name? If you were a real life pitcher, you'd use your real life name. I'm getting a lot of same stack combos in my lineups. When I cap chalky stacks, they seem to only come in together and I don't want that. What's the best way to diversify these stack combos? Well, obviously, increasing the number of unique players, that, that would help. Because it's, understand, you need to really understand what an optimizer is doing. Once you really, really understand what it's doing, you'll be able to counteract it. There's only literally one thing that an optimizer does. There is only one thing. It doesn't do anything else. It tries to give you as much of these median fantasy, this column here, 
It's going to give you as much of that as it can within the constraints that you set it. So obviously, if two stacks project well, right? Oh, you got two of these two stacks and you get to play a lot of them. Well, if they both project well, the combination of those two, probably the best projected lineups out of the, the set of lineups that you're making. So like on today's slate, for instance, you play the Padres Rays or something like that based on the bat projections. You're going to get a lot of, you're going to get a lot of Padres Rays lineups unless you, in, unless you do something to prevent that to happen. One way to do it is to increase your exposure on the poor. Everything is guided by this point per dollar. Okay. So like Tampa Bay here, Brandon Lowe, like we go to Tampa Bay stacks, for instance. Okay. Here's the order. The player that you're going to get the least of is Joey Wendell. Because it's the worst point per dollar. 2,800 for 9.07 points median. You're going to get a ton of Brandon Love. You're going to get a ton of Wander Franco. You're, the number one stack is going to be something like Lowe, Franco, Choi, and Zanino. And then like Meadows. You're not going to get that much of a, a Rosarina, for instance. Right? So if we did this, like I, I, I'm telling you, this is what it's going to be. So let's say we're going to do 50 lineups. 50 lineups. Who cares what the salary is, whatever. And I go to stacks and we're, we're going to do, we're going to do four threes, right? At a hundred percent. And we're going to do all Tampa Bay. Okay. We're going to do 50 lineups. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, since I didn't do anything else, Brad Lowe is going to be in, in all 50. Because it's trying to give you the highest projected median lineups. Oh, almost all of them, 49 of them. Right, if we take a look here by team, sort by team, see Low, Franco, Meadows, Zunino, Rosarina, Choi, Wendell. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You don't even get everyone. Take a look at the Rays. You don't get Kiermeyer. Well, they're playing in an, an okay, there's not going to be a DH. So basically, you don't get any Kiermaier at all. Which makes sense because one of the lower point per dollar. And you get tons of Brandon Lowe. Now, it's also going to be paired up with a lot of uh, a lot of the Padres. Right? So you're going to get a lot of this combo. Like, we look at the combo. Look, Tampa Bay, San Diego, 27. Tampa Bay, Kansas City, 15. So now you go to San Diego and you go, okay, what, 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 are, what, are, what do their stacks look like? Probably get a lot of three, you're going to get three man, <coughs> three man stacks. Yeah, a lot of fam. Yep. Yeah. If we take a look at the point per dollar values of the San Diego Padres, Myers, fam, Hosmer. Yeah, you're going to get a lot. You look, look at this four, 4.5x. So in order to lower the projections of your lineups and get more diversity, you have to curtail, either curtail the usage of the higher point-per-dollar players or increase the usage of the lower point-per-dollar players. You play more Jake Cronenworth. So let's say we go in here, go to my lineups. We can do it from the, my lineups page. So the, the less Brandon Lowe we play in our race stacks, the lower the projection of the lineup, which means gives opportunities for other higher projected players from other teams to be in the lineup to raise that projection, right? So if we, if we cap, let's say we cap everyone for whatever reason. Well, we're getting, well, we're, we're building 100%, so I can't do 50. Let's say we just cap people at... Uh, at 60. Yeah, 60 should be fine. The cap everyone at 60 here. 60, 60, 60. Okay, just cap them. So you can't get all the branded low. You can't get all the Wander Franco or the Meadows. Then you go here to the pot, the, the Padres. 
And you're like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm just playing all raid stacks. So it's like, I don't need 60% fam. So you're going to cap, cap all the Padres 10%, 20%, right? Let's say it's 20. <clears throat> you're getting too much. Are we getting too much of some other team or something like that? Let's see. Jorge Soler is a one-off in these 4-3-1 lineups. The Royals. Maybe you cap him at 20. You cap Palisal Perez at 20. You cap Toad Dozier at 20. Jose Ramirez is a one-off. Whatever. Okay. And then we're also, it's a number of unique players. The differences between the lineups should be more than one. Instead of like, oh, the same lineup and one difference. So let's say we up that to three. So when it tries to make the Tampa Bay Padres, remember, what the goal right now is to make less ta- raised Padres lineups. We're still going to make plenty of them, just less, less of them. Okay? So now I'm going to up the unique players. So it can't just be Brandon Lowe and Austin Meadows and Tatis and Tommy Pham, you know, those types of lineups. So now I'm going to up that unique players to three cap some of those high point per dollar guys to get more diversity and have the projections of other players that aren't on those teams to be in those lineups instead of the highest projected point per dollar players from those stacks. Right? So here we go. So we capped all these. So you, now you're getting Kiermaier, right? See, you're getting Kiermaier, you're getting Wendell, Right, we take a look, and yes, here's here's a raise. Padre stack with Shohei Otani, which you would have to expect. So we're getting, we're still getting plenty of them. So we look at the combo summary, but look, we're getting less than we did the last time. Look, the last time we got what twenty seven of them. Now we're getting fifteen, fifteen Toronto, twelve. Because remember, we're just playing, it's playing fifty Tampa Bay stack. 15 with San Diego three mans, with Toronto three mans, with Yankee three mans. Let's say you want to make it even more diverse than this. Right? So if we go to player exposures, let's say we want to make it even more diverse. We want to cut down on, let's see. Still, we're gonna still keep the 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 raise the same, right? Sixty percent. We're trying to jam in the Padres. Still want to have plenty of the Padres, right? But maybe not not as much of the. Well, Joe Panic is obviously not going to be playing for the Ray, for the Blue Jays today. He was traded for Corey Dickerson. But let's say we cut down at Sibian. It's like I don't want this many Blue Jays, right? So you cut down on the, so okay, I'm going to cut down on the Blue Jays. I'm going to, obviously, let's see what the pitcher's situation is. You're playing a lot of, you're playing, still playing a lot of Brandon Woodruff. So basically you're playing slightly cheaper stacks. So maybe if you want to get a, maybe, maybe we pay down a little bit more at pitcher. So let's say, let's say we only use 30%. That gives 18% for cheaper pitchers, Right. Let's see if let's see what the what the diversity now is going to be. Still at three unique players. Want to see how many how many more combinations of these stacks they're going to be out of fifty. And here we go. Okay, let's look at all the rays combo. Yeah, now we get a little bit less. Right now, we get less of the Blue Jays because we cap the Blue Jays. So now we're getting more Boston, a little bit more spread out now. San Diego, Yankees, Red Sox, Colorado, and you, this is this is it. This is all you have to do. Oh, I don't want that much of the Yankees over. Okay, so cap them, and be more concerned about capping the higher point per dollar players because they're the ones that are going to jam in because of these numbers, these median numbers. That's what it's looking. 140, look at, look at, in order. 143, 142, 141. That's all it's trying to do. But in order to get up to these higher ones, 
meeting-wise, it's going to use Brandon Lowe and Wander Franco and Tommy Pham and Joey Otani, right? So by you saying, well, I don't want all my lineups to look like this. It's like, well, then you're saying that you don't want lineups that project median-wise at 143. You want lineups that project at like 137. Well, in order to get that, you're going to have to take away the guys that make those lineups project that high which are guys like Lowe and Franco and, 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 and fam and Otani and all those guys. Right. It's like, I want to play more, more lineups down in this 129 range. Okay. But you, you have to tell that you have to tell that to, to, to the optimizer. The optimizer just cares about this number. That's all it cares about. So you have to, you have to use the tools they have, the settings that you have to do what it is that you want it to do that you want to do. Many people don't do that. They go, I'm going to lock this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to set that and then press the button. Why Why? why, why are my lineups horrible? Uh, well, why, why wouldn't they be horrible? You didn't do anything. It's, a, it's not going to tell you who to play. And it's going to jam in medians. It's going to jam in median lineups more than not. Lineups that are low owned that are down here, right? 130, you're going to look at this and go 143.31 at 109% ownership and go, like, oh, this looks like a good lineup, but like this lineup down here, it's 137.3, it's 66% ownership. Maybe way better. It doesn't project that much further down by, by what, a double? Five points or something? And you're getting so much more ownership with it. So this would be a better lineup. So these are the lineups that you should be playing. But more people, they don't do any of these processes. They don't think in terms of lineups, not players. And they tend to build these lineups. The optimizer, this is what the optimizer gave me. Yeah, they gave you high median lineups that don't take any ownership into account or any ceilings into account. And you just get a ton of them. And then you, you min-cash a bunch of stuff. You're like, how come I can never win any of these things? But yeah, because you have to play lineups that are further down. Well, how do I make those lineups? By not playing, the, by not playing Jose Altuve in all of your Astro stacks, right? That's how you do it. Oh, let's see. Going through the YouTube chat. Norm Bothwell, does the setting use running exposure percentages when building help with the diversification of 150 lineups? It can. It does, I don't think it matters that much. That's more useful, running exposure percentages, if you're playing uh, all unique lineups in your lineup portfolio and you don't want to like organize your CSV. So when you use a running lineup, like like let's say, for instance, you're playing 100 lineups into the large field and then the 20 max, you're playing 20 lineups. Then you're playing 10 lineups into some other contest, $5 contest or something. Like in your CSV, you could just sort by entry fee. Just be like, okay, here's my 100, here's my 20, here's my 10 of those. But like if you just, if you make 130 lineups, it's all uniques. Like the ones, if you, the ones at the bottom are going to be the lowest projected ones if you sort by that, right? And it's not going to be that diverse down there. So it's like, oh, I have 10 lineups into that $5 contest and they all have like contrarian, like they all, like, like I didn't play any Freddie Peralta yesterday and all those, yeah, because they're at the bottom. If you use running exposure percentages, anytime, once it's building, it's getting to a line and going, well, we used that the last time. So it's going to be slightly different. So it's, I think it's more useful is, if you're the type that I'm going to play a ton of content, I'm going to play 150 into the mini backs and a different 150 into the whatever, $1 or whatever solo shot or something. And you're like, I just want to build 500 lineups and I hope to big one of these things. Like that's more, that's more useful for that than for just actual diversification. It could help. I don't notice that it, it, it doesn't do as much because it's still trying to give you the most amount of median fantasy points. So no matter how how the way, oh, skip this and go move there, it's still going to end up giving you, you know, 50 lineups, 100 lineups, 20 lineups. They're all kind of look the same. The number of unique players is more of a diversification tool than the running exposures. Uh, let's see. Doug McGovern says, so by playing lineups here, you don't care about pitcher, just what projection is giving you from the, from the optimizer? It depends. I didn't, I wasn't talking about pictures. 
The whole point that the whole the whole thing that we, that the exercise we were going through is to create more diversity in your lineups. You would have to go through and say what pitcher. I mean, we just used the example of Tampa Bay, but let's say let's say you wanted to play a lot of Tampa Bay, Philadelphia. Well, obviously that would be reflected in that. Let's say you didn't want to play any Caprellian, so you X them out. I mean, that wasn't in the, the purview of the the, the the example that I was going through. Right, because you'd go through it. You go, okay, well, I'm building 50 lineups like this. Like, how much of these players do I want? Do I even want any Caleb Smith lineups? Do I want any Caprellian? How much do I? I mean, that you do, but that won't help you as far as the combo stack diversification. Because you don't. Do you want this same? Okay, I'm going to have the same exact lineup just with a different picture. Like, if you're going for more diversification, that isn't enough. You need to learn how to make make it because what what ends up happening is it's like oh I played a ton of like like yesterday oh I played a ton of Cleveland played a ton of the Indians right but like nearly all of my Indians lineups I had Mets with right so it's like oh I got what if it wasn't for the fact that I had Mets in all of these lineups maybe I could I had I had Milwaukee. I had a little bit of Milwaukee and I had a little, I had some Cleveland, but they just didn't show up together. How did that not happen? How come all my Cleveland stacks were with the Mets? Yeah, because they projected higher median wise. You had to look and see if you wanted something different, you have to do something to make it different. So that's the point that I'm making here. The pitchers, who cares? Play whatever pitchers you want. What ends up happening is if you just blindly try, just like, oh, I'm, I don't know what, how, I don't even know how an optimizer works. You're going to get into those situations where I'm going to play a ton of Tampa Bay and San Diego, and they're all going to be together. And one, one of those two teams bombs, and then none of your lineups get there because they're all together. Well, Tampa got there, but San Diego didn't. Uh-oh. Right? Or you have Tommy Pham in all your lineups. Well, that's what the optimizer told me. No, that's what you told the optimizer. You didn't do anything. All it cares about is median fantasy points. That's not GPP play. You have to tell it what lineups you want. Michael Dampier, QQ. I try to leave personal feelings out of changing projections because the bat has been really good. The conundrum. The bat relatively likes Carlos Martinez again. Do you normally just go with the bat? Yes. In relation to the ownership, that's all, that's all I really care about. If, if people are actually on Carlos Martinez today, I'd be more than, I don't care what the bat says. I'll probably won't play him, <laughs> right? Probably don't have to play him with FanDuel. We take a look at, uh, take a look at DraftKings. I mean, he doesn't, it's not like he projects great or anything. He really doesn't, right? The point for 2.12. I guess a little, but at 2% ownership at 7K, if you want to, okay, at 2% ownership, fine, right? Okay, go for it. Have fun. You tell me that was 20%. I had nothing to do with them. Nothing. Right, because understand that that Cardi's projections model has the longest like decay period. It takes It takes a very large sample size. And I know we've seen Carlos Martino's pitch, uh, you know, this, this season. Not, not, not good. <laughs> right. Seven walks, seven walks against the Pirates. But it also means there'll be two percent though. Does it mean you? Oh, I'm I'm playing hundred lineups and he's going to be in half of them. Not problem. No, no. But yes, you can't you can't trust a model and then not trust one little th- like not trust one thing. There's someone in the, the bat discord that constantly, it seems like anytime he plays Gary Sanchez is like, I just got, I, I just have to, just have to ignore his projection. Just have to manually bump him down. It's like, well, do you trust the, when you played Otani in the same lineup, did you bump him down? No. Well, it's the same model. So either you trust the model, or you don't trust the model. You can't trust the model for a certain player and not for another player. It, it is what it is. 
So to me, that that that's my that's my view. So if Carlos Martinez projects halfway decently and his ownership allows you to get leverage in your lineup, then I'm gonna end up having some Carlos Martinez. Shannon Lambert says it's gonna be an interesting slate. You could play Giolito and Woodruff and a full core stack, which means which means maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Right? Try to get different. Try to get different. That's what we try to do here. Get different to win GPPs. <clears throat> Unless it was yesterday. Like just play Kyle Schwarber every day. Play Kyle Schwarber, play Joey Otani, play Vlad Guerrero. Uh, you play the two most expensive pitchers and you just print, apparently. That's what you do. You just play the chalk. It always gets there until it doesn't get there. And then you decide to not play the chalk and then it gets there. Right? That's baseball. It's high variance. It's high variance today. But we'll go over everything that happens today, tomorrow. Right? Because that's what we do on the show. Hit those thumbs up buttons on your on your way out the door. The thummy thumbs. Thummy thumbs up, down. It doesn't matter. Click around. Click whatever you want. Right? If you want to learn more about lineup HQ, about how to actually how to use optimizers and stuff like that, especially the Roto Grinders one, that's the one I use. I, I eat my own dog food. I show you. This is exactly what I do. I'm showing it to you. This is this is what it what it is. I'm not hiding anything. But there are Roto Academy videos if you're a Roto Grinders Premium member. So sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description for ten dollars off your first month. And you get full access to lineup HQ, the plate IQ projections. Uh, if you're a combo premium, you get all the you get all the sports. You want to play some playoff basketball? You want to build 150 lineups for that, and hopefully not tie a million ways? Yeah, you could you could do that too. Go ahead, join Roto Grinders Premium. I'm always in the in the the Discord. I'm going to ask questions or anything. You'd always act reply or whatever me in the Roto Grinders Premium Discord. I'm very much in the bat channel. So if you're if you're a member of the bat, that's an add-on if you want the bat projections. And uh and yeah, so hit those thumbs up buttons on the way out the door. Subscribe if you're new here. Notification bell to know when we go live. We got grinders live coming up later today. Grinders live, crunch time for premium members. Also, the lineup they they also do like a afternoon NBA for the playoffs. They do like a lineup HQ type of round table. Show that's for premium members also. We got golf this week. No MMA, right? No MMA this week. Soccer, Euro soccer going on. We got projections for that. We got everything. We got tons of stuff going on here at Roto Grinders, and uh, and then you got me. That's what that's what I do here. I do this for you. DFS strategy, talk about stuff, answer your questions like I do every Monday through Friday at eleven o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.